1: This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, just before we get started, the Bank of Canada with this week's rate hike news. The rate now sits at 4.75%, the highest it's been since April 2001. The Bank of Canada says its governing council determined interest rates are not high enough to rebalance the economy and bring inflation back to the 2% target. The decision comes after speculation among economists and forecasters that a recent string of strong economic data would push the central bank to raise interest rates again. The central bank says it still expects inflation to fall to about 3% in the summer from 4.4% in April. But with core inflation still elevated, its concerns about inflation getting stuck above 2% have increased. Nujudan the Canadian Press, Ottawa. Now Asif, regardless of the rate, what is the mood of buyers and sellers
2: and your clients these days? Well, Tina, there's been so much pent-up demand in the market dating back to you know, the last 10 or 11 months that people are now ready to buy. And once the, you know, the, the shoe has dropped, now, now you've got people looking at this rate and saying, OK, this is going to be where we sit for a long time. And the, the sentiment isn't the same as it was about 10 or 11 months ago where everyone was in a holding pattern. Right now, everyone's ready to go. And it's going to affect affordability but it's not going to affect their sentiment. So uh, I, I think the the market is going to continue to uh, just power along and people are going to adjust what they uh, had their intentions on to what they can afford and continue to go.
1: And you were recently at an event with a, a buyer and developers and a builder. What was the feeling in that crowd?
2: It was a very, very, uh, you know, a feeling of of excitement, a feeling of, The market is finally back to where it was prior to all of these interest rate hikes. And and the general mood was very positive. There are people that have had listings that weren't selling and now they're putting them on the market and they're starting to sell again. Multiple offers are back. So there is a bit of a frenzy out there. There's a lot of people going in and out of the room just to deal with sign calls or, uh, you know, just information about uh, offer nights and things like that, that we haven't seen over the last 10 months or so and and now that's back and it's a feeling of satisfaction from a seller and buyer's standpoint where they're getting homes, but there's also a feeling of frustration because with the multiple offers back, you can imagine if there's 10 or 15 offers on a property, one person gets that house, there's 9 or 14 losers out there that have to now continue their search. So there's a bit of frustration as well.
1: What about new construction, whether it's a condo or a townhouse, You townhouse? Know, are you noticing that people are lining up to scoop up these properties?
2: Yeah, they're back again. I I was uh, in Whitby uh, and they had released 10 townhomes and they all got scooped up pretty quickly because the the good thing is with pre-construction, There is a lot more out there to choose from. But the bad thing is that, uh, again, it's going fairly quickly as well. So the good units are being scooped up right away. And there's a bit of a wait. So people that we're seeing by pre-construction are the ones that want to get their foot in the door. It's a little bit easier with the down payment structure to be able to get that money together and uh, you know it's closing within a year or two so they just have to hold tight until that happens.
1: I want to get your take on what the Toronto Real Estate Board said earlier this week. They said the supply of listings hasn't kept up with sales so we have seen an upward pressure on selling prices during the spring. Do you agree with that sentiment?
2: I do. We we do not have the inventory that we need to satisfy the demand that we have out there And, and this has been an ongoing issue. We are lower right now than we were in, say, uh, 2021 or 2020 with inventory because in some markets, Tina, there's less than one month of inventory. And that is a- an inventory crisis. And that's why you have this upward pressure on price. There's a lot of talk about how to fix this do we raise interest rates do we, you know what do we do to bring the toronto market under control and the only thing and we've been saying this for years the only thing that's going to fix it is a an increase in supply and it's not an increase in supply over the next 10 years it's an increase in supply right now so on that
1: topic also this week the provincial government passed the helping home buyers Protecting Tenants Act, asked if this new legislation includes promises to build more homes, protect renters, and expanding the Landlord-Tenant Review Board.
2: Isn't this going to help at least a little bit? It it, it may help a little bit, but it's going to be just that, mm. a very little bit. And, you know, there's so much more that can be done. And, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about revamping the Landlord-Tenant Board because Sure, you do have protections for renters, but what about landlords? We, we still need protection for landlords because landlords are trying to sell properties to other people, you know, other buyers that want to get into the market, and tenants are refusing to leave. So that's an issue in itself. So it's multifaceted, and although this will help, there's a lot more work to do.
1: So the Ontario Real Estate Association and a friend to this show, Tim Hudak, said in the housing environment, it's more important than ever that homeowners and tenants in Ontario have affordable and safe places to live. To do that, we must have robust consumer protections in place and continue to deliver on the government's goal to build 1.5 million new homes by 2031. That's a long ways away.
2: It's a long ways away, and there's a lot of work to do. First of all, we need more trades. Mm. They they don't have enough people building. There's so many construction sites that you'll drive past, and, and they're sitting dormant because they don't have the workers. The cost of supplies has gone up so much. The builders now, in some instances, can't build the project that they had started to build because the costs have gone up so much, and now it's not feasible for them to build. So there's a lot more work that is going to have to take place in order for us to get on to I mean the government has done a great job they've released a a lot of land that's uh, going to be used for home building Uh, they've created uh, you know programs to allow builders to also consider renting uh, units or rentable units but there's still so much work to do.
1: So what about converting commercial properties
2: to housing is that a possibility and is that happening do you see it? It is. And we have seen some of that. But there's, again, there's so many office buildings that uh, may be, you know, 75, 80 percent empty, especially when you're looking midtown or, or even some downtown that that can be used for. There's, uh, you know, purpose built rentals that we could have. We don't only have a crisis for sale inventory, we have a crisis for rental inventory and it's scary to see what people are paying just for a one-bedroom condo in Toronto and how they're going to be able to afford it because it's eating up a chunk of their salary and that's not healthy for anyone.
1: I want to circle back to where we started, buyers and sellers, your clients. Are they dealing with multiple offers and bidding wars and, and how are you navigating that?
2: Again, yes, they are. But what's happening is right now, sellers are getting those multiple offers as long as the property is priced according to where the market commands that price to be. When you're a buyer, you have to go into these multiple offers. You have to be prepared for it. So same thing, make sure you can get a home inspection in prior to it uh, or if the selling agent has a home inspection already ready. Uh, then you can use that and review it prior to putting your offer in. Make sure you're pre approved. Uh, get that pre approval done prior to going into that multiple offer and have your agent create a market analysis for this property to know where it's going to land because the bank is still going to appraise that property. And if you pay too much, you're going to be on the hook to have to put in more money. And a lot of people don't have that disposable cash sitting around where they can put an extra $100,000 or $150,000 in just to bridge the gap between the appraisal and the sale price.
1: How do you rein in those buyers that maybe get caught up and are emotional about a purchase? And Perhaps, you know, overspend, overbid. What do you do in those
2: situations? That's the toughest part because mm-hmm. a lot of people think realtors are just trying to get the highest price, but we don't get paid until the deal closes. And if the deal's not going to get, uh, you know, get appraised or, or close at the end of the day, we've done all of this work for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we want to see the deal close. It's not about trying to get the highest price, there's a lot more that goes into a multiple offer, into a winning bid. Uh, It could be closing date, it could be conditions, it could be what's included with the property. So there's a lot more than just price and you have to rely on your realtor to give you the proper advice and also the proper market analysis for this property so that you know that it's going to appraise and you won't have a problem at closing.
1: Just before we take our first break, I want to ask you as well about the rental market. What are you noticing in terms of, um, you know, are they going for a premium? Is there availability? Is supply an issue?
2: Supply is definitely an issue, and it's tough to get a rental. It's almost tougher to get a rental right now than it is to purchase a home or qualify for a mortgage. And, uh, you know, you're starting to get into that range where people are paying more for a rental, than they would in their monthly mortgage payment. So we're starting to see a shift of people that normally would rent saying, "Well, I could buy something and my mortgage payment would be cheaper." So we're starting to see that shift at the same time there's not enough inventory and we're starting to get these 7 8 10 15 offers on these rental properties and you know people with credit scores of 800 are not qualifying and it's tough because there's so many renters out there and there's more coming because the new immigrants the first thing they want to do is rent. So mm-hmm. they're also entering the rental market. And again, it's tough for them as well because people want credit history. They want a job letter. And a lot of these people are coming in and starting fresh and they have no place to live.
1: What's your message to landlords who might be thinking, you know what, maybe I can get a bit more for my investment property and I can ask more in terms of rent. What do you want to say to them?
2: <laughs> There's huge fines in place for that. Mm. So if, uh, if you already have a tenant there, you can't just kick them out just for the sake of getting more rent. And even if you're saying you're going to be renovating and things like that, there's some strict guidelines that you need to adhere to. So if that is the thought process, make sure you consult a lawyer or a paralegal. And uh, it's not a good idea just to kick someone out with the hope that you're going to get an increase in rent.
1: Thanks, Asif. And in case you missed it earlier, the Bank of Canada raised its key interest rate by a quarter percentage point to 4.75%. Many economists are expecting a rate hike again in July. After the break, we take a trip back to the real estate market of the 1990s. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's
2: guest, Asif Thank you, Tina. I am excited to welcome Angelo Pucci to the show. Angelo has been a real estate veteran for 37 years. He goes down as the youngest realtor that got licensed at five years of age. Angelo, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Angelo, We've seen a lot over the last 10 or 11 months with interest rates increasing and you know people are saying wow eight increases in 1 year and we're you know sitting around uh, the 4 to 5% mark and people are absolutely freaking out but you were around when interest rates were 18 19 20%. Tell us a little bit about what you saw then and what the consumer confidence was like when rates were 18 to 20%. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you. Well, why stop at twenty? Why not have twenty-one in there? Because we also had twenty-one percent rates. Um, the the market in those days was such that people were lined up because they felt that if they if they don't if they don't buy now, then the rates are going to continue to you know to go up. Um, so what we're seeing right now is basically the same thing. So the rates were high, the prices were lower. But when you balance that as far as high rate, low pricing. Uh, I think I take the, the higher prices versus a higher rate.
1: Well, you know, I remember those times, and I, I think Asif does as well. But I don't remember the competition to be as fierce as it is these days in terms of, you know, uh, bidding wars and, and overbidding. Did that happen then? And maybe I
3: just wasn't aware. It was different. The question is that a builder may have released, and a lot of new home construction. Mm-hmm. I think it was more geared to the new new home construction. Uh, a lot of builders that only had 30, 40, 50 homes, but meanwhile they had, a you know, 300, 400 people. wanted to buy it. I had a project that was at um, Morningside and Finch and we had to have Police there um, escorting people out, and people are lined up from early part of the morning just to get their name on the list. Mm. And the people who were at, at the back uh, would go to people in the front wanting to know whether they, they could buy their place. And I've seen three, four, five hundred dollars for people to move, move up, up, up the ladder or up the line. Up the line.
2: And, and you were know, just this uh, past weekend, I heard that people were paying sixty or seventy thousand dollars to move up in line for new condo releases
3: right now. And, and How crazy is that? It's happening every single day now. It just seems that, again, we don't have enough inventory for the number of people that are coming into the the country. And I guess with 400,000 new immigrants, um, you know, it's just a question that I'm being an immigrant myself, um, it's competitive out there and it's Mm -hmm. getting more competitive. So um, people have no problem paying that little bit extra just to get at the front of the line. So we do have a tagline front of the line, you know, marketing. So um, this actually helps us as well, but people are in fact paying dollars to get to front of the line.
1: And if we're comparing these days to the 90s, what about in terms of types of properties for sale? What was it like then? And what are you
3: seeing now? Well, the properties in those days were, were smaller. I mean, if you had a 2,000 square foot home in those days, you were a somebody. And I think when we bought our first home in McCown and Finch, uh, I remember at that time, we were a young couple. we were in our you know, mid-20s at the time. Um, we thought we were, you know, something, a 2,000 square foot house, four bedrooms, you know, Two and a half wash was like wow, you know, you got a family room and a fireplace, and you, and now it's that's that's pretty well entry level. I mean, really entry level. I think that today's consumer is wanting more than we've ever had. I think coming to Canada, we had a, a you know a seven hundred square foot bungalow that housed seven people. Now it's like you know it's like wow, that's somebody's closet.
2: And, and you know uh, when car leasing came out, people were not looking to pay off their cars anymore, pay cash for their cars. They were just matching up their payment to say, I have $500 to spend. What's the most car I can get? Do you feel that kids today, and I see kids dating myself, mm. but um, do you feel kids are doing that with homes today with absolutely no intention of paying it off, but just saying, this is how much money I have, how much house can I get? That's an excellent
3: question. I am faced with that every single day. I mean, I think we've um, we've done our first fourth generational client, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, I think that the the worth, the net worth of these younger kids coming on board right now. I think from the the parents and the grandparents, the, the money that they're leaving behind or will be, they're looking at it simply as a place to live. When you look at the average rent right now for anything. Um, Uh, townhomes or condos they're around $3,000 a month for 900 square feet so these kids are saying well if I got to pay so the days of paying off your mortgage I think they're gone I don't think they're going to they're ever going to pay off a million dollar mortgage so I think they're just living for what they have available to live comfortably and then go from there.
1: And what do you think about that is that a good idea?
3: Well, I, I'm old school, so I think I looked at it from a position of being the immigrant side. I think the first thing that you know we wanted to do is pay off our mortgage and be mortgage-free. Um, today, I don't think that's the onus at all. I think that today's younger generational clients is looking at it from a position of live well, live for today, and whatever happens tomorrow happens. And, and they're liquid. they They don't have they don't put down roots like we did
2: back in the day. They're very liquid. So they want to be able to move wherever they need to move in order to continue their career or start a business or have their kids in school somewhere. So you don't get that emotional attachment to the home that I think some of the older people had. Do you find that with, you know, having completed your fourth generation
3: transaction, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you find that? A hundred percent. Um, Again, I, I think that the the, the the days of the roots is just a question that, but we, we brought that upon ourselves from an industry where, you know, we, we're there to assist and guide our clients. They're looking from a position of, I'll be here today. I just don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. And like I tomorrow is just a, a, another day. So, yeah, here today. But look at going back two years ago. I mean, during COVID, I mean, we were restricted as far as showing properties at certain times and 15-minute appointments and so forth. And people were making multi-million-dollar decisions in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. We, <laughs> we, we would never have done that. Never. Yep. So the the roots, no, they just buy it for today, be comfortable, and then as their salary increases or whatever, then they'll move on to the next the one. Instant gratification. Absolutely.
1: So what do you have for those potential buyers out there right now who might be listening, who, you know, might get caught up in emotion in a bidding war, in, you know, paying over-asking, way over-asking? What advice do you have for them?
3: I'm very, I'm a very cautious person. I'm mm-hmm. a former banker, so I'm part of the mortgage program that I was initiated back in the early 80s, um, you know, for one of the uh, five banks that I worked at. I'm always fearful of appraisals, and we've seen that appraisals just don't come in. Banks are obviously instructing their clients um, or their their appraisers to sort of be balanced and so forth. So the question now comes down to (laughs) what do you do with it? You know, we we just don't know. So I'm in a position saying, folks, you know what? Spend what you can afford, okay? By going over, that means you have to borrow from somebody else, okay? Two years ago, we saw a lot of our young children or sorry, young young people, young, children, young buyers buy, borrow money from their parents, their grandparents, so forth, thinking that they can stay in the, in the home six months, then they can flip that property and so forth, get enough equity and pay off everybody. Well, look what happened. Mm. So there's a lot of people out there that have mortgages on their home, parents, grandparents that have assisted their, their younger um, buyers um, who are now stuck with mortgages that they never had. Angela, in the
2: 80s and 90s, we saw a lot of multi generational homes. So, parents living with kids, them living with their parents. And we got away from that as the kids moved out and bought their own homes, or uh, parents moved out and went into a condo. And now we're starting to see that multi generational home come back. Is that going to be what's to come moving forward in order to
3: help with affordability? Um, We're seeing builders actually putting out different types of, you know, uh, whether it be flex home or multi-generational and so forth. When you consider an older generational client um, that is in their 70s or 75 and so forth and their children that have whatever, by going into the same home, any home right now or any um, residence for seniors is a minimum $5,000 a month. So a lot of the parents are throwing money to their children to build a multi-generational home to live together. Um, One of the first ones that I did was um, actually, he was a gentleman who worked at CKOC out of Hamilton and sold his uh, son's property. And it was in Curtis. It was my first multi-generational home. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the middle was the laundry separating the two homes? But the parents had one side for themselves, their own private entity, and the kids had the other. And just it was a, it was a wonderful idea. So now we've got builders that are actually building multi generational home, and I I totally endorse that. This has been happening in Alberta, from where I'm originally from, for years, and now we're seeing in Ontario, and it's actually moving in big time.
1: You said you recently sold your fourth generation home. What's the difference between that fourth generation and that first generation? That you noticed well, firsthand?
3: Firsthand? <laughs> I think that the, 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 the young buyer uh, is really looking at, how do I get in there? I mean, they saw what I did with their... You know, their their family and so forth. So it's just a question that became the family expert Mm. um, with regards to the guidance. And I think the parents basically said, you know, just guide them the way you've guided our family, just guide them. Um, And, um, you know, this is their first home. So just, and, and that's what I do. I mean, it's just a question that we're here to build wealth. I think at the end of the day, there's no better wealth than real estate wealth. And I think that if you can get them at a young age, then we're good to go. Angelo, uh, we were talking offline
2: a bit about the changes in Durham and Durham's just exploded recently. Uh, We could do a whole show on it. But, you know, if our clients want to connect
3: with you to talk about Durham real estate, how do they get a hold of you? Well, uh, they can visit us on our uh, website, uh, angelopucci.com or teampucci.com, that's P-U-C-C-I.com, or they can reach me on myself four one six 416-627-4610. I'm always open, my phone's always on, I'd love to talk real estate, and certainly uh, it's it's a passion. I think that right now, uh, as I get older in my years, it was a passion then, it's a bigger passion now to see people build their wealth through real estate.
2: Angelo, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you on again. I look forward to it. Thank you so much.
1: When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Connor next. And we begin with Greg in Thornhill. He's heard the stories recently about how many Canadians own investment properties. He wants to do the same. Is now the right time? What are the pitfalls to avoid? And what are the first steps? Asif.
2: It's always a great time to buy investment properties. And that's going to sound like a, a realtor answer. But the thing is, right now, with rents skyrocketing, this is a good time for you to get that money back in terms of rental as well. So uh, what are the pitfalls? There's going to be a few. One is right now in this market, overpaying for an investment property. You don't want to get caught. See, this is a business decision. It's not an emotional decision. It's one where the dollars have to make sense. And if you're going into a bidding war trying to get an investment property, and we see this with flippers all the time, where they'll overpay on one side, and then by the time they put all the renovations and everything in, they have to charge a lot more than market value could be in order to recoup that money as an investment. If you're looking at pre-construction condos, or if you're looking at, uh, you know, smaller homes, it's a lot easier to get into, but you also have to remember there's going to be a lot of competition for those properties because that's, what's affordable for everyone right now. So you are going to be competing in, in most situations. If you can find something that needs a little bit of work, that is probably the best way to get into the investment property game because By the time you fix it up and rent it out, you're going to make money on it in the end. So uh, those are some of the pitfalls to watch for is the overpaying. And other than that, uh, your first steps would be to identify how much money you have available. So that could be equity financing where you you can uh, borrow from your existing home, uh, make sure that you're talking to your lender, find out what all the costs would be, the carrying costs, and make sure that it's going to be affordable for you to keep. Especially in the first few months when you're carrying it before you rent it out. Okay, one follow up question. How do you know if you're overpaying? That's where a, a realtor comes in and a good realtor comes in and is able to tell you the truth about the market. And, you know, there are going to be situations where people will overpay just to secure that property for them because they've fallen in love with it. With a, an investment property, it's a business decision. So it's not that you're falling in love with the property, you're falling in love with the potential income that it's going to bring you. So it has to make sense that way, not necessarily be the house of your dreams. And what about being
1: careful about who you choose as a tenant?
2: You know, there's so many horror stories about Mm -hmm. tenants right now, and it's something that the landlord tenant board has to crack down on and Right now, the tenant is the boss, so it's not a great time to to go into investment properties with that in mind, but there's a few bad apples out there. Most of the tenants are good tenants, and they're going to pay, and it only makes a difference if the tenant stops paying or if you're selling the property and have to get the tenant out. That's where we're seeing a lot of the headaches. But if you're doing your homework and, and you're going through the proper channels and calling references and making sure that their credit checks out then you should be okay
1: rick from stoville wants to know your thoughts on this one a home in his neighborhood was bought and sold within the last 18 months or so is it okay for a potential buyer to ask why the seller is selling
2: it's a pretty typical question and we do ask that question a lot of times it could be for an employment move what we've seen in the last little while is if someone's selling within the first year or first two years of purchasing that home, it could be a financial decision because the interest rates have skyrocketed. If you think eight interest rate hikes or nine interest rate hikes over the last year, that's a lot for some people to take. And, and they were already stretched to start with. And now having these payments balloon may not be uh, affordable for them anymore. So that could be the reason. And uh, it very typically is in situations where we see these listings coming up and they've just been purchased a year ago or 18 months ago.
1: So it could be a structural issue, perhaps, and, and and not a financial issue. You really don't know unless you ask.
2: Yeah, you really don't know. And if it's a structural issue, the home inspection will point that out. Mm-hmm. And, and if it could be, you know, we've had people sell because they didn't like the neighbors. And it, that could be the case. So if you do find out, and it's not really the homeowner that you should be asking, ask around in the neighborhood and see what's happened or what's happening in the area. Because the homeowner who wants to sell the home is not going to say, moving because I don't like my neighbors. But people from a few doors down that you meet as you're walking by the house and and they're outside and have a conversation with them to say, hey, I'm thinking of moving in here. What can you tell me about the area? What can you tell me about the street? What can you tell me about that home? You're getting a lot lot of information.
1: So knock on those doors, talk to those potential neighbors, maybe drive by the neighborhood as well during an off-peak time or a time that isn't scheduled for the open house?
2: Yeah, I've had clients that have driven through potential neighborhoods that they were mm. looking at and they drive by at all different times, so they'll drive by at lunchtime in the evening in the morning just to see what traffic's like, what the people are like, you know, who's out there gardening, do they take care of it, what type of uh, you know, are people parking on the street and and taking up space. So There's a lot to consider when you're purchasing a home and there's a lot you can do. Don't rush into it, right? That's right. As a reminder, if you have questions for on the market Hit send
1: anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, our listeners often prefer to contact you directly. How can they do that?
2: Best way is to call or text me at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. And of
1: course, if you missed any part of our show, go to our website, 1059theregion.com, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.